0: Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Acura of Memphis.
1: Okay, you know, this car looked great wrapped around you, you know.
0: Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. The temple.
2: That's Welcome back, time. everyone. 904 of the time. Final hour for us today here on this Tuesday edition of Sports 56 Mornings on a blah day. 43 degrees, a little rain, some clouds, overcast skies for the most part today. Very windy. We're looking at a 50% chance of rain this afternoon. It's been raining this morning. Winds 20 to 30 miles per hour. Low tonight of about 30 but the sun will come out tomorrow, as somebody once said. Sunny skies tomorrow with a high of 48 degrees. It's Tuesday. It's time to talk some Rhodes Athletics.
0: It's time to go inside Rhodes College Athletics on Sports 56 mornings. Every week, a representative from Rhodes will join Greg and Eli to talk about all things links. Let's go inside Rhodes Athletics now on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.
2: And that representative, once again, is the head coach of the Rhodes men's basketball team, Zoe Goodson. You can follow him on Twitter, at Zoe Goodson. He joins us now in studio. How are you, my friend?
1: Doing all right. Definitely been better, but, you know, doing great. I got four
2: syllables for you. Adversity. That's right. Adversity. You're facing adversity right now. Losses uh, to the two Georgia teams last weekend, or this past weekend, you lose... Uh, to Barry, seventy four sixty eight. You lose to Oglethorpe, seventy seven sixty seven. Games that could have went your way. You know, things went your way. Certainly could have won those games. It wasn't like it was blowouts by those two. You're coming off the Las Vegas trip, so I believe that's that's three defeats in a row. So how can you, as you face this adversity, turn it around?
1: You know, there's only there's two words: hard work. There's only one. There, that's the only way to get around it, right? There's no. There's not. I guess not even getting around it. It's the only way to get over it. And so, we get back to work. We're going two days today. We're going two days tomorrow. We're going to get after it, and we're going to fix some things that we know we we need to fix, and we need to we need to be a little bit uh, calmer in pressure situations. So we got to figure out ways this week to put that pressure on the guys and when, what the defenses are doing to us to get us to, to relax and play with a little more poise in those situations.
3: Because you, that's three straight games now where you have not reached 70 points, which right. you right. you want to score points, you want right. to play fast-paced, you want to get up and down. So that certainly is not the way you want the, the scores you want to be playing.
1: Yeah, you know, our, our three-point uh, shooting percentage went from 41%, and over the last three games it dropped all the way to 36% overall so there's a telltale sign right there in just three games we drop five percent three-point shooting so we got to get back in the gym and it's a uh, it's uh i think chris beard said it best when he said you can't just be a 330 guy we got to get guys back in the gym um shooting on their own and getting shots up and we're gonna do that as well but uh at the end of the day you know it's a it's a miss or make game and and right now we're not making shots but uh we got to get after it, and, and we will. And, and the thing is, you know, the guys. We had a couple of meetings yesterday, and they're excited to get back after it. You know, nobody's um, attitude is is in a in a bad spot. We just got to get get things right. Well,
2: like you said, it's a miss or make game. But here's the thing: <clears throat> defenses are going to throw different things at you. So, over the course of the last three games, as you've struggled with the three point shot and scoring the points, have defenses done things a little bit different and uh, thrown different defenses at you?
1: Not really. I mean, people are, you know, they're face guarding Phil, and they're, they're throwing double teams at him, and we've seen that all year since about Game 3. Um, different zone looks, different press looks, all stuff we, we're really familiar with and stuff we practice against daily. It's uh, really, you go back and look, and we are looking at shot selection, you know, first game over the weekend on Friday. Didn't think our shot selection was very good. I thought it was a little rushed uh, and, and and guys taking shots that were not typical of what we do. Sunday we took way better shots; they just didn't fall. You know, we got open shots, we got open looks, we got to the rim. I think we counted nine missed layups. You know, and when I'm saying missed layups, I'm saying uncontested <laughs> missed wow, layups. Bunnies. Yeah, that that typically fall right. You know, uh, and so those are situations of which we gotta we gotta figure out okay how did you how do you relax you know just because you're down six how do we figure that part out well how frustrating is it for Phil being doubled the way he is I think it's I think it's really frustrating for him I mean anybody that's um, getting grabbed and, and held the way he is every single play it's uh, it, it wears on you but he's such a uh, composed young man that he doesn't show it um, he doesn't talk about it but you know, you if anybody that's been around the game and you play the game and you're talking to the to the officials and you're like, there's only one way that they can guard him, and that's to hold and push <laughs> and hit him. And so, um, you know, we got to get that figured out. He's got to. I don't know if he's got to sell it more or, or what it is, but um, he does such a great job of handling it uh, and, and keeping himself composed. You know, he's still averaging 24 a game. He's still he's still getting to his spots and doing it, but. Uh, you know, overall, we just got to find a way to play a little more poised uh, and, and knock down those shots.
3: It's interesting because, and if I'm, I I think over the last three games, you're 8 of 47 from three points. That's range, right. Which is crazy. I think you get a 40% three-point shooting team before that suddenly has a stretch like that. But it's, but this is the game of basketball now. Correct. Like, you know, the Grizzlies, we talk about the last two games, how much, but well, they made 43s in Correct. two games. Coaches look a lot better. Yep. Everything looks a lot better when shots are going. Sleep in. a lot more at night. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's weird because you again you were a forty percent three point shooting team before, so you're not going to quit shooting threes. Correct. But when the, it's like it, it's just all like this thing like how do you try and did it seem to go back to what they were doing shooting the basketball before?
1: It's a cycle, right? I yeah. mean, and everything and everything in life is a cycle, you know. And and so you know you're going to have your lulls, and you got to you you just have to keep working through them. And you got to keep pushing through. And so the messaging isn't take less threes. The messaging isn't anything different than it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago. The messaging now, actually, for me is, I believe in you even more. Keep shooting the ball. You you know the only way you're going to get through you don't through a slump. You got to keep shooting. You got to shoot your way out of it.
3: Well, and because you don't want hesitation either. Like the guy gets in and he's open and he's thinking no like, way. should I take
1: this? And that's there's no happened. way they're making that. And that's what happened Sunday. And that's what happened Sunday. They got worried about missing the shot. They started aiming and trying to be perfect. You got to just play the game. So along those
2: lines, you believe in them. Do they believe in themselves?
1: Absolutely. I think they do, and they know they know that that this is the get part of the game. That you know the ups and downs. It is a roller coaster season. It's a very long season. You know, we played all of our conference games. We're one of two teams has played every conference game on the road so far. And so you know, seven of our last eleven are at home, so we're gonna be hopefully a lot more you know yeah. in, in in rhythm this this weekend and get a chance to play uh, in our gym and get our rhythm back going to more familiar territory is
3: do you believe shooting is somewhat contagious too that it's, absolutely if, if one guy if you if you could start the game by somebody, you know knock down two of the first three like everybody get it because it's it Absolutely. erases all that hesitation Absolutely. it just kind of eases the burden
1: no doubt about it and and you know and that's what you know i thought we hit our first three threes the other day or three out of four really On sunday i thought okay we're back we're gonna get rolling here and i thought that was and then i would say of the next three or four they were literally rattled in and out so in that i think I think they're rattled in and out messes yeah, with them more yeah. than anything, yeah. right? You think it's going in. And, 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 in fact, one of our guys on the shot, he, he has this little sound effect when he makes it. He had already started his sound effect <laughs> as it was rattling what he thought was going in, and it popped out. And the sound effect became <laughs> wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and so it was, uh, it, it, you know, it's just one—I I don't know what else to say. You know, I'm not making excuses for anything. We're just not making shots. And when do we do, sh- we'll be fine.
2: Okay, it- it sounds, it sounds simple. It's not an easy resolution, but it sounds simple. But do you change your practice routines at all depending on the way the team is played in games?
1: Yeah, you know, and that's so... To, this morning, when I, I'm leaving straight from here, going straight to campus, starting practice. You know, and so I, I wrote up the practice plan last night. I mean, our morning practice is all about defensive intensity. You know, we have to step it up with our intensity on the defensive end whenever... We're not making shots, and we haven't done that yet. And so we've got to figure out a way to do that. And it's not, and that's where I keep telling the guys, you can't just turn it on. That defensive intensity has to be there from the tip. And so we're going to work on that all morning here, you know, from 10 to 1130, and then we're going to come back this afternoon. We'll probably go 4 to 630, and we'll, we're, we're going to work on everything. But this morning is dedicated to when shots aren't going in, this is what we're relying on. This should be our our number one thing, and it was last year, and that's what got us through so many games.
3: Is there anything again when there's they're not on some of there's certainly a mental aspect to that. Is there anything you can do to kind of like try and clear their heads a little bit?
1: Yeah, you know, just keep getting shots up so they see it go in, even yeah. even in one on one individual instruction. The biggest thing is they just need to see the ball go through the net. That's the number one thing. And when they see that, even in a situation where it's, it's in the gym by themselves or in the gym with just us and getting, it's just hyping it up when they get on that streak. You know, yeah. when, they're, when they're shooting fifty and five and they make sixty-one and five, and you know, you talk about that all week. I'm a big believer in the the positive energy and giving them that back and reminding them. You know, in game when a shot's not going in, I'm hoping to be able to look back to this week and remind them of certain instances through the week where they made 65 in five minutes and things like that so you're
2: not about to bring in a yogi or one of those gurus <laughs> no nah, we don't need metal all that dudes no we don't
1: <laughs> but, but, but those are really important we have a wellness sports coach. psychologist dr reeds is incredible okay. she's one of our, our is our wellness coach and we believe in the power of of breathing and meditation and we do all that oh, we, so and do. visualization okay. all right. and, and and we talk about you know I've, I've sat down with three of the captains yesterday and i told them like all week you're visualizing making every shot like you got to visualize yourself in games making shots. So I absolutely believe in all that. I, I really do. So well, hell, JJ McCarthy. I is was one just, just going to that say that, that dude
3: is like yes, yes. He is like they're yes. talking about how he brushes his teeth with his left hand because it does different things, different brain waves by him doing it with his left hand. Right. And they show him last night on the sideline talking to their psychiatrist. Was, absolutely. Dude, like it's like he is no, hey, over the top. Look.
2: I, I'm a believer, I'm a believer in that that positive mindset, that positive energy. Yes. But I I think. I, I'm not talking about your stuff, but man, some of that stuff goes way too far. Well, where you can to screw yourself up because you're thinking too much, man. Putting too much into yeah, it. Yes. But, you
1: know, I mean, heck, I have, I, you know, we got a sports psychologist that even I talk to as a coach, right? I mean, we all need right, it. I think right. it's all important to, for That's everybody. Probably coaches probably need it more than it, <laughs> probably, We probably do. Absolutely. But a shrink, buddy. <laughs> it's all good to get it, to talk it over and get it off your chest. And, and, and then, Bring you know, someone who is is a professional in yes, I agree. reiterating the positive thinking. And and Dr. Reese does a great job with me and how to reiterate to the players. And she's changed my thinking on certain things over the years. I've worked with her. So really I, I do. I believe in all that, but and that's where the positive mm-hmm. I was kept telling you guys a second ago, in timeouts, reiterating the positive things that have happened throughout the week to get them understanding that they're, they're still a great shooter. We're just in a little bit of a slump. Because I would
3: imagine, I, I would, I've obviously never been a coach, I would guess that every coach is probably has times throughout every season, whatever, where you feel like your message isn't getting through to the players.
1: I don't know that I feel that the message isn't getting through. I feel like right now, we're not able to... And I'm not saying it's right now. I just, I assume
3: that there's like times come up throughout your career and seasons where you go, for some reason, what I'm trying to get through doesn't seem like, like you need a psychologist. Like, how do I, how do I get this message to them?
1: And and I I think I get what you're saying. And I think Bear Bryant said that when things are going bad, a great leader always says when things are going bad, it's on me. When things are going good, it's us. And Mm -hmm. when things are going great, it's the players. Right, yeah. and so I don't. I'm never going to stand up in front of anybody and say, "Oh, they're just not listening," because they are. They want to do right. These guys really are playing hard every game. They want to complete oh, yeah. the, the the task at hand. They want it. So I don't know that it's messaging. I think right now they're probably pressing too hard to do it perfect, and perfect doesn't exist. Yeah. And so when you try to do things perfect. You're gonna, you're overthinking everything, and you miss. You're trying to get from A to D, but you're missing B and C sometimes. (laughs) You know, and so whenever you do that and you press too hard, uh, it it may come across as you're not listening. But that's not what they're doing. That's not at all. Do you allow for player input? Absolutely, heck yeah. I mean, we. I spent the whole day yesterday. It was our day off getting player input. I want player input, and and in timeouts, we talk about. We ask them. You know, we always say, "What do you need from us?" And what do you need from each other? Mm-hmm. That's the first question we ask every time out. So, a lot of when we're doing water breaks in practice, what do you need from the coaches right now? What do you guys need from each other? Whatever y'all need from each other, talk about it right now. And then you come tell us what you need from us. I absolutely want player input. All right, you're back
2: home. Finally, you got Millsaps and you have Birmingham Southern, two really good teams. Big challenges yep. on Friday and Sunday. Give everybody the details, by the way, what time these games are so you can get great crowd support for these home
1: games. Yeah, Friday night, it's 8 o'clock. Every Friday night, 8 o'clock, and then every Sunday at 3 o'clock. And so, Millsaps at uh, 8 o'clock Friday night, you know, they're 3-1 in the league. They're playing great basketball right now. You talk about a team that just plays absolutely hard every possession. Um, they get after it, and they crash the boards. And then, Birmingham Southern, you know what you're getting with BSC. Chris Grays is an incredible coach. He's... Uh, he is the he is the Bobby Knight of the Saw, as we like to say. Oh, he, really? he, his teams play hard every possession. It is a it is a knockdown dragout every time they come to Mallory Gym. So they're going to be entertaining games, and I think I think we got some great events going on this Friday and Sunday. Uh, we should have great crowds, but we but we need more. We need the community involved.
2: Has he been known to toss a chair?
1: No, not that, <laughs> not, not, not quite not that. That far. part of
2: Bobby Knight, right? No. The uh,
1: the women had a two and and0 trip, right? The women are playing great right now. You know they. So how about this? They go from Las Vegas, get in Sunday at six o'clock. They go on the road to play Tuesday, their first conference game at Hendricks on the road. Like I said, one go back on the road with us to play. Uh, Barry and Oglethorpe and win both games, so they start three and though And Judy is doing an incredible job. She's, you know, they had one of the hardest, I think, top ten, top five strength of schedules in the country going into conference, and so, and for them to go on this long road trip with Vegas and and, and yeah. the first three in conference and to come out really four and one, but three and zero in conference, she's doing an incredible job.
2: It's very very impressive. All right, so Friday and Sunday, go see roads in action. Uh, as uh, they will play home games against Birmingham Southern on Sunday, but before that, Millsaps on Friday. He is the head coach of the Rhodes men's basketball team. He's Zoe Goodson. You can follow him on Twitter at Zoe Goodson. Zoe, have a great week. Best of luck to you with the games, and we'll talk to you next week.
1: Appreciate it. Looking forward to it.
2: You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings. When we come back, Drew Hill on John Morant and the Grizzlies. This is Sports 56 on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.
0: You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Get them to sign on the line which is dotted. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Gonna put the world away for a minute. I don't live Welcome back, everyone, 923 at the time, hour number three
2: play. here on Sports 56 Mornings. We have uh, talked national championship game. We've talked Tigers and, of course, the big story, the Grizzlies and John ja Morant and that news, which cut like a knife last night. And one of the guys who's around this team all the time and around John ja Morant uh, as much as he can be and a fabulous writer. He's Drew Hill. He's the Grizzlies beat writer for the Daily Memphian. You can follow him on Twitter at Drew Hill underscore DM, and he joins us now on Sports 56 Mornings. Drew, how
4: are you? I'm good. I know uh, <laughs> all the Grizzlies fans out there probably are not as good as me. Um, but, yes, I'm I'm here in Dallas. The Grizzlies were supposed to have a shoot-around this morning. Well, I wouldn't say – I mean, it never – got scheduled but mm-hmm. it was planned that is since not happening anymore um and so it is just uh the fallout from this thing is gonna be rather painful so we'll <laughs> see what everybody has to say about it today
2: it's an absolute gut punch uh, again you you finally get the guy back and He's getting implemented back into the team, and they won six out of the nine he's played in. And then they played unbelievable, as you know, against Phoenix. I thought maybe, uh, at least arguably, their best performance of the year. And then all of a sudden, okay, he's he's got a sore shoulder. All right, no big deal. Then you see him in a sling. I'm like, what's going on? He has a smile on his face, though. And then the news comes down last night during the national championship game that everybody's watching going, you got to be kidding me.
4: Yeah, no, I think you summed it up pretty well right there. Um, look, it there were rumblings, I guess that it was not good, um, mm-hmm. and so I think that, and, and they didn't know until yesterday. So there was a, the MRI happened yesterday. Um, they say you know he suffered the dislocated shoulder, subluxation of his shoulder in training session uh after the Lakers game so that would have been Saturday but the thing is with these types of injuries it's usually not just like one fall right it's usually like wear and tear mm-hmm. over a lot of years you see a lot of MLB pitchers that have this you see other basketball players think Jalen Brunson had this Pascal Siakam had this it's typically a five-month recovery but it really just depends on the severity of the tear um which we don't have a lot of access to right now, but regardless, like there's plenty of runway, right. For him to be ready for next season. So, um, all of that is good, but you, you, you heard maybe that this was, was not great when, especially as when everyone saw the sling and you wondered, Mm -hmm. um, and I think the answers that were coming back were, well, yeah, I mean, obviously he's in a sling that's, that's not good. And if, uh, We haven't had a chance to really look at him yet, but there's a good chance he could miss a lot of games. Like, his arm's in a sling. If his shoulder was just a little sore, he wouldn't be in a sling. Right. Um, So, uh, there was an inclination already that this wasn't good. And then yesterday, when uh, when the, the typical time for the injury, report to get tweeted past and there was no injury report and you had to go to the nba website to look i was like oh yeah we're, we're about to get an announcement during this college national championship game and uh and sure enough there it came and it's just a gut punch i mean uh, the, now you at least have some clarity on what you're going to do the rest of the year if you're uh zach climbing in that front office or at least i think you should um but it, it it really stinks for Grizzlies fans, especially, you know, the ones that bought season tickets for the first time this year yeah, or exactly the ones that couldn't wait to for Jaw to come back and um and really thought that they were gonna turn this around and it's just it's it's such a bummer. It's a marathon the rest of the way now.
3: You you mentioned that how you know clarity, all that stuff. How do you expect them now to approach the rest of this season?
4: I don't think you're going to see him just like blatantly come out and yeah. tank right, right off the bat. I don't think anybody like, that's, that. that's not what uh, they just don't have. Like, look, they don't really need to do that. First of all, because they're they're sixth from the bottom right now, mm. as it stands, yeah. um, and we know that they were very bad without Ja the first go around. So, you don't necessarily have to be like Jaw Jaren, or, or it's not Jaw Des, Jaren. You know, take take a night off. Like you, you don't have to immediately go into that mode. And this season still is. And it's funny because um, I think you'll see me write it, but I, I did not come on this road trip to write about Ja. I came <laughs> right. to write about one of the other guys. Um, now I'll be writing about Ja. Um, but like I still think that there's a lot of useful season, especially for Des and and the rest of the way. Um, and then you do have to assess what you have at the trade deadline now because the results i mean unless something uh, you know I, i'm almost certain that tonight when i talk to des and Jaron, they're going to be like we're still going to try to make the play in mm-hmm. which is great i just don't believe it's going to happen um but you have to you, you you can't leave take anything off the table now essentially if you're zach around the trade deadline like if you think about the most tradable contracts on this team Perhaps the most tradable is Biz MacBiambo. Um Just because he's on a one-year deal and they positioned it to where they could easily move him if they needed to down the line. Well, guess what? You don't really need a center, right? Like, you don't really need anybody on this team outside of Des and Jaren. Like, anybody who's a role player on this team has to be on the table. Uh, you have to be wondering about how they fit. And so... um, you know, if you if you're deconstructing your rosters to better set you up for next season, I think that even that is is totally okay. Um, so it it could be a bit of a mess on the scoreboards the rest of the way. We don't know, um, but you can expect they're not just going to blatantly tank right out of the gate.
2: Yeah, no, I think we're all in agreement with that. We were talking about that earlier. So I, I also said, or I mentioned this earlier in the show with, with job. Now, he, he plays with reckless abandon. I mean, the guy is one of the most entertaining players there is in the league, but he's not the, the biggest guy in the world. He's strong, but he's not the biggest guy in the world. I, I worry about injuries moving forward. He's starting to accumulate these injuries. And so you think about, okay, well, this year's done. Next year, just start it all up. You know, Stephen Adams will be fine. Clark will be fine. J ja will be fine. Everything will be uh, kumbaya and everything will be perfect. I, I hope so. I don't know. But I do concern myself with Ja and in the future with the way he plays. He's not going to change because that's who he is. That what what's, makes him great. But is there any concern, Drew, not from this injury particularly, but just from the way he plays and the injury starting to mount up, that that is something to really be weary about moving forward?
4: I mean, I think that's always something that you have to consider. Um, but I don't know. The Grizzlies like you don't really have a choice. Like it doesn't really do you any good to live in fear of it True. because mm-hmm. this is your superstar, right? This is what you're, you you have to live with. Um, so I I think that it just it's part of what comes with uh, having John Morant. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, when you right. have a player that means that much and can do those things, can do things that other players in the world can't do, then of course there's there's risk that you have that that is assumed with that especially when you're paying a guy as much money as they're paying jaw so I, I mean that is true i will say this like just this is kind of like a personal story here but i i, I was I, I was actually talking to jaw just not really uh not interviewing or anything just talking to him in the locker room because mike brown the um the, the king's coach gave him a ton of credit and said he must really work out a lot in order to keep his body in uh, in shape and in a way that he can survive these falls. Like, he just has to be much stronger than visually you might see. Right. And, you know, and Ja, obviously, uh, he was talking, and he I'm not going to quote him or anything, but he essentially was just, like, kind of telling me, like, yeah, during the summers, I work out so much. Like I work out four times a day. I, you know, I have my team does workouts with me. Um, but by the end of it, I'm the only one working out cause I'm the only one that's got the stamina to keep going. And mm-hmm. so he's like, you know, essentially that's very true. Like it, that, that, that is a big part of my routine. So I will say, I do think that he works very hard to keep himself, in physical shape where he can survive some of the damage that he takes on the court. And I think he is uh, at least smart enough to recognize, Hey, I don't need to try to go dunk on everybody. You know, I need to make him some more (laughs) floaters and find a way to get this jump shot better. Like, I think he also recognizes that too. And you kind of heard him say that. Uh, And, and then also you saw, this is the opposite when he's dunking on guys like Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> right. But that's beside the point. But right. I'm just saying he, he he knows he knows that has to be part of the evolution of his game that he's not going to be able to take damage like this. Forever. That's a great so, point. Yeah. Um, I I think he he recognizes it. The Grizzlies recognize it. It's part of the risk. Um, but he does as much as he can to minimize it, and that's just what you have to live with if you want to have the responsibility of of getting to cheer for John Morant.
3: Drew, how do you what What do you think is in your mind is the the likely way that Vince Williams they create a roster spot for Vince? Who who would be the person that they move? How do they do, go about doing this?
4: Oh man, um, it just. It, I think it depends. Um, if you again we're talking towards next season, if you're trying to limit damage um, for next season, then you would want to release somebody that's not. Mm-hmm. under contract, um, and now it's not like you're you're fixated on making the play-in and you yeah. need to keep the center group strong or the wings. Like, none of that matters. That's really out the window. So if you wanted to let Biz go and sign him to a deal, you could do that. If you wanted to let Tillman go, if you knew you weren't going to re-sign him, um, you could do that. There's multiple ways um, now at this point. I mean, obviously that leaves you extremely thin at center, but if you're already out of the play in race and you're not, and there's no need to be competitive, then who really cares? Um, so, I think there's multiple avenues to that. I mean, of course you could, you know, John Conchar his opportunities have been limited. Granted, you know, he's on a contract that goes into next season. Same thing with Jake Laravia. I mean, Jake really hasn't had any opportunity as of late. You would hope he gets some at the end of this year. It wouldn't hurt. Um, so well,
1: they, they called him up for tonight.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They've got options there. Um, so we'll see. I want to see Gigi. I want to see yeah. Gigi the rest of this year. Why not? I, why not?
3: I'm, I'm happy yeah. to see that they're, they're bringing him up for Yeah, I, You might as well. Um, he's certainly shown it at the G League level, and I'll see what he can do. Do you think this effect, like, does this mean that, Anything as far as Brandon Clark's return goes? Do you, do you think this maybe means that they just say, hey, what what's the purpose of bringing him back at all this year? How, do you think this has any effect on Brandon Clark's return?
4: Yeah, I haven't asked about that, to be honest with you, but I've, I've wondered the same thing. Um, I would guess, this is just a guess, I would guess that it likely does. Like You definitely don't want to rush back that guy. Yeah. Um, and I think it was already... A very optimistic outlook to think he was going to be back around the all-star break because um, players typically have a different sense of the timeline than maybe <laughs> the medical staff on the team does. Um, so I think that was already, you know, I, I didn't know if that was likely to happen, and now at this point, you have to just kind of wonder if it's worth it, or if you could just give him a whole lot more time, right, right, and and really feel good about him coming into next year and have that ha, have him feeling like himself at that point. I think that's what you should do. Probably you should just let him let him rest. But you know, if, if the recovery, which has already been a long recovery, and there's already been a second procedure, if you really feel like he's ready to go, mm-hmm. then then I don't have any problem with putting him out there, but there's no need to rush him. There's no need to rush him. You you might as well just let him rest and and get him ready for next season.
2: Drew Hill joining us from the Daily Memphian. So they made the splash in the offseason by making the deal to get Marcus Smart by signing him, and now you look at next year, and I hate that we're only in early January and we're already looking at next year, but it is the cards that have been dealt. And we know... Well, do we that Stephen Adams is coming back? We assume that Stephen Adams is going to be healthy and ready to go, and that Ja with a what you're saying a five month recovery as soon as he goes under the knife, you know that would put him in a in a good time slot to get back and be ready for the start of the season. But with with the move they already made to bring in Marcus Smart, do you? I, I can't see any significant moves for twenty four twenty five. Like significant, do you see anything that could be outside the box that they could possibly do?
4: Um. When it comes to significant, I think of the big three, right? I think of Jokic and Jaren. I don't think they're going anywhere. I think nothing else is off the table in terms of putting the right pieces around them. Um, so I would say that that's it's possible. Um, it's possible that they could say, you know, Stephen Adams is getting getting to be thirty years old, and he's just coming off a major knee surgery right. right. And, You know, yeah. I mentioned that earlier. Yeah, yeah. Maybe somebody else has has uh, a has a lot of interest in him, and we can get core pieces. And um, because this team has a depth problem, it really does. This Mm -hmm. team really lacks three point shooting in a lot of different ways, Um, despite having two of the elite three point shooters in the game. You know, it's it's kind of. It's, it's been really bad. So you need shooting around John Dez. Those guys are excellent at going to the basket. So like that's got to be a priority, in my opinion, mm-hmm. as you look towards the off season. And um, the team just needs more quality veteran players. And if there's an opportunity to accumulate more players of that nature, I mm-hmm. think that you need to try to jump on it. So, yeah, I mean, I could see – you know, we talked about a few years ago that they needed to consolidate. Right, they couldn't resign everybody. They had Melton, they had Anderson, like, and their reaction was essentially to uh, to let all those veteran guys go. Right, keep or extend the young guys. Stephen Adams being the exception, keep or extend the young guys, and then you were left with really none of them, and that wasn't really the right balance either. And so now you you've got to get back to that middle ground. Um, so. You could make trades that open up roster spots for you, where you could sign somebody this off season. And there's just a lot of different directions that they could go. And I wouldn't rule anything out outside okay. of that big three. Mm-hmm. I would rule nothing out. And they I still have the mid level option. Do they still have that mid level? Part of the mid level, yeah. They use part. Okay. They use part of the mid level on biz. Um, so they still have part of the mid level to spend.
3: Right. Could you? Do you think any chance we see the rest of the way? More of maybe like Jaron at the five with Santi to just again let's let's see what these things do. Experiment a little bit.
4: Hundred um, percent. I think we were going to see that anyway.
3: I I, okay. I I want. I wish that was the with what they're getting out of the centers. To me, I don't know why you don't do that.
4: Yeah, it's just challenging because Santi has really not played well as of late, um, and I don't necessarily worry about him. I think he is skilled enough offensively that it's just you know, he's in a bit of a slump. Uh, the defense, obviously, you know, is an area of improvement for Santi. So uh, I, I think you should you should get as much Santi as possible out there, mm-hmm. and you should definitely try him next to Jaron. I think we're 100% going to see that this season. I thought we were going to see that before just because, you know, when you play against a smaller team, it would make plenty of sense because it's not like Xavier Tillman or Bismack are, are, are giving you this huge offensive punch. So I right. think they should – they could have tried it even sooner, um, and so I would. Yeah, I would expect that we're going to see that.
2: Are you expecting to see Trip and Santi play tonight or not?
4: Uh, Both are
2: questionable, uh, right?
4: Yes. Well, I think Santi is doubtful. So oh, he's doubtful. No. Okay. I can say that Jaron's knee was was pretty swollen after that Phoenix game. It's a bruise, though, right? Like mm. I'm not. I don't want to scare every, anyone, right? It's, <laughs> it's a bruise, right? <laughs> yeah um but like he was it, it was hurting after the game you could tell um for him like it, it looks like maybe he took knee to knee or or whatever mm-hmm. um so i don't know i think he's kind of a true questionable i would imagine that if like the swelling has gone down a little bit before today that he'll be good to go um but again Let's not risk anything else.
2: Right, right? yeah. They're all hurting you know? They're all hurt now, more mentally than they are even physically. But
4: You know, we don't need to put anybody at risk. Is your knee swollen? Do you have a hang now? Okay, you're out. Like, you know, that's just the way it's got to be the rest of the season. Um, yep. You know, if, they, if you go away and get a haircut and they cut your hair a little bit too short, you're out. <laughs> you know, just we <laughs> we, we got to be as careful as possible uh, I'm speaking from the front office of, of the Memphis Grizzlies, if I were in their shoes. Man, you're, you're have to absolutely right. We be as right. terrible as possible to make sure uh, that the Grizzlies are healthy to begin next season. Oh, so, gosh. Sad but true. Go.
2: Sad but true. He is Drew Hill, Grizzlies beat writer for the Daily Memphian. You can follow him on Twitter at Drew Hill underscore DM with the Grizzlies in Dallas. Drew, as always, thank you so much for your time. Always appreciate it.
4: All right. Thanks, guys.
3: See Take ya. care. Yeah, I don't. If if there is any chance that Jaron's knee again, if it's even like slightly still hurting him, what what's the purpose? No, <laughs> Like why play him?
2: Well, especially the fact that Laravia and did you say Gigi Jackson also are both with the team?
3: Yeah, they were. They were not listed on the injury report. as still with the hustle, so I, so I assume Gigi is up as well.
2: So yeah, they, they it's actually
3: surprised because Jacob Gilliard is still with. Now they could, I guess still technically recalling today, but they're going into tonight's game with Marcus Smart and Desmond Bain as your point guards, I guess. But the point is
2: with Gigi and Laravia, it tells me that they already know Jackson isn't playing. Those guys are going to get some minutes.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was just I was just going by the injury report. Uh, we've got a hustle game tonight, so I'm trying to figure out, but on the injury report... We're trying to figure out who's on the roster. <laughs> well, because yeah, we all, again... Is Zach playing? If Gilliard would have went up, then the hustle didn't have a point guard because Jason Preston, again, is leaving Utah signing him to a two-way contract. So I'm like, who doesn't have a point guard for tonight? Is it the hustle or is it the Grizzlies? Apparently, it's the Grizzlies. I think Gilliard is going to be with the hustle, according to the Grizzlies injury report, which came out after the J- uh, Jaws injury report. So they would know like if they were recalling Gilear because they knew for a fact Ja was out they would have left him off there but yeah it's there's a real shortage of point guards right now in the Apparently, organization. organization um, that, that is for sure folks moving can be stressful but if you get the experts the professionals to help you to do that for you well it takes a lot of that stress and worry out of it black tie moving those are the ones to call those are the professionals you want on your side for any move that you have whether it's across town cross country whatever it is maybe it's a new home maybe it's a new office, wherever you're moving, whatever you're moving, talk to the folks at Black Tie Moving. Call them at 901-316-6196 or go to blacktiemoving.com slash Memphis. They will work with you to come up with a plan for your move, fitting both what you need and fitting your budget, and you get a no-obligation quote up front. Plus, during the move, they've got a moving concierge available to you 24-7 to answer any questions that might come up. They're the professionals that have... Five-star ratings all over online. They've got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They're the ones you want to deal with. Black Tie Moving, 901-316-6196 or blacktiemoving.com slash Memphis.
2: Got some NFL news to get to and some other things to wrap it up in our next segment. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.
0: Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11 here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy.
2: After a disappointing finish to the season, the Jaguars, who do not get to the postseason, Doug Peterson's not going anywhere. He's not being fired, but he has let go several of his coaches, including the veteran Mike Caldwell, his defensive coordinator. He has fired Mike Caldwell. Also, sources indicate Wink Martindale is going to resign as the Giants defensive coordinator. Wink, for years, was the Ravens' D.C., so a veteran D.C. who's... Uh, well-respected, is going to be on the open market. And as far as the Patriots are concerned, still nothing new as far as Belichick is concerned. Now, Belichick has come out and said, look, I'm still under contract. I expect to be the coach, and I'm open to changes. So we'll see if um, that is something that Robert Kraft wants, or will there be a move there? And if that move is made, then there could be a domino effect as far as coaches are concerned.
3: Yeah, I felt like his point of making sure that it was stated that he's still in a contract was, I'm not walking away from the money. Right. <laughs> Y'all can fire me and pay me the money to go away, but I am. I am. Uh, I'm not just walking away from the money.
2: As we mentioned earlier, the Southern Heritage Classic uh, will continue to have games at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium through 2032. Founder Fred Jones saying that uh, everything's copacetic now they've reached a deal he said and this is from the daily memphian he has done negotiating with the city of memphis and the university of memphis so again the assumption there it says it in black and white that negotiations were going on between the two because again today later tonight when the city council meets it is expected that they'll pass the minutes from december when it was voted on and passed that the university of memphis will take over the operations of Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. So Fred said, we're done. Everything's good. No further negotiations. Everything is straightforward now. Uh, Jones has a lot of influence. He has a lot of influence with the council. And just reading again from this story, his concerns about the future of his game prompted hours of negotiations among him, the University of Memphis and the city. City Council approved the transfer of the stadium as I mentioned that was on December 19th but yeah there's a lot of people saying you know one one game one do they play one game a year and it was holding up negotiations and who knows if they weren't able to reach a deal if it would have affected today in the city council meeting Fred is a very powerful guy well here's the thing the, the it's more than just a game it's a lot of money that is brought into the economy of the city from that game. You don't want to lose that game. Now, I don't know how many choices Fred would have. He'd have to leave the city. So it's a good thing they came to a conclusion. I did not expect them to to have a problem with that. It's just that Fred was used to getting certain things in his old contract and wanted more than likely to continue that type of deal. And when you have a new, I used this term earlier, a uh, new landlord, uh, it's, it's new negotiations. So good thing they got that all done. So now it paves the way for the minutes to be approved today and the official change from the city to the University of Memphis running Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium and we'll see how long it takes before they're able to start with the reconstruction or the construction over there, the uh, renovations to the stadium. Obviously Memphis still needs to raise $50 million to match what Fred Smith and family is giving to the project but it's a Green light, and I don't think it gets much greener after tonight as they will pass more than likely the minutes. At least that's what everybody is saying.
3: Well, the whole thing with that, like, Fred Jones is out to get the best deal for his game. Right. Any negotiation you're in, you use the leverage you have. If your leverage is, I can ruin this whole deal for y'all. Yes. That's the leverage you use. Like he, had, oh, he didn't have any leverage. Like, so you use what you can use to get the best deal for you and your game. That's the bottom yeah, line.
2: People may not like that, but that's what shrewd business people do. And he's a great businessman. And he's been a part of the fabric of this community for a long, long time. So it's not as simple as people saying, that's eh, one game. Look what he's doing. He's holding the city hostage, the university, the stadium. No, it's it's important. Plus, again, it's more than a game because it is a, a weekend of events, which bring in a lot of people for the uh, economics of the city, just like the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. And as you said, you want to use as much as as you can to bargain and barter and do whatever you have to do to get this deal done. Uh, If you have pull, and he does, you use it. And if it threatens a big deal, a major deal, then you make sure you get the thing done. Now, again, I don't know if it's the same exact deal that he had, more than likely it's it's probably similar
3: i would think you need a tough, reliable tractor to tackle those tough chores. We'll go see the folks at Mid-South Ag Equipment. They have everything that you need, including the Case IH Farmall series of tractors, which is uh, the best there is. Versatile performers, perfect for whatever you need to get done, and great value as well. They've got that complete line of Case IH tractors. They've got all kinds of Case IH equipment. They've got Bushhog equipment. They've got new equipment. They've got pre-owned equipment. They could service equipment. They do it all at Mid-South Ag Equipment. You can find them uh, just south of Kyerville on goodman road that's where you'll find the dealership if you take i-269 to the goodman road exit they're just a half mile west you can find them online at midsouthag.com where you can check out inventory you can check out special deals you can find all of that stuff on the website at midsouthag.com but for all those equipment needs go see the folks at South ag equipment
2: one thing that jim harbaugh said I'm- Other than talking about the game and his team and everything else that went into winning the national championship last night, he was asked once again about any changes he would make if he had the power uh, in the game of college football. He said, like I've said before, um, he'd like to see them share more money with the players. They're maximizing every single revenue source, but they're not sharing with the talent. It'll be interesting to see if Jim Harbaugh sticks around or heads to the National Football League. That's news that everybody is waiting to hear in the next few days.
3: He would also like to see them approve uh, in-person advanced scouting with film.
2: <laughs> also known as cheating. Uh, our thanks to Connor O'Garrett, to Jeff Crane, Zoe Goodson, and Drew Hill for joining us on the program today. We are back tomorrow morning, starting bright and early at 7 a.m. Among our guests, Andy Borman, Memphis Tigers assistant coach. He'll join us. Tigers tomorrow night hosting UTSA. Jerry Palm from CBS Sports on the Natty. And his latest brackets as far as the NCAA men's basketball tournament is concerned. And DeMichael Cole, more on the Grizzlies and the injury that will keep John Moran out for the rest of the season. That's all coming up tomorrow on Sports 56 Mornings. Well done, friends, on Sports 56 is coming up next for Eli Savoy and for Zach Boyd. I'm Greg Gaston. Have a great day, everyone.